it's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Chiefs fans, football fans, podcast fans alike, welcome aboard. I'm Jordan Foote, and this is the Breath and the Kicker podcast, the Kansas City Chiefs podcast in association with Arrowhead Report. As always, I hope you guys are having a wonderful day. Thanks for making us a part of it. And with that said, let's jump into today's show. Got Mark Van Sickle back with me for it's going to be a Mondays with Mark soon. I got in the habit of saying that because he also does an article series called that. <laughs> um, it's Tuesdays with Mark today. You can follow him on Twitter at Mark the Overseer. Mark, how's it going, buddy? It's going good, man. It was a good weekend. The Chiefs got the dub. Uh, I finished a couple. Well, I finished a TV series called Better Call Saul, which okay. was the uh, prequel to uh, Breaking Bad. So I yep. that wrapped up, and it's the first series I've actually finished that's like in time in real life, basically the same week. So mm-hmm. that was kind of fun. Um, got to uh, start She-Hulk with Brielle on uh, Disney+. Plus. It's another nice. good one, I think. It'll be a family-esque uh, show. And then uh, <laughs> I, I started watching uh, Parks and Rec about 12 years too late. So it's been a fun week. <laughs> Dude, I people know I am the worst when it comes to watching TV, and I'm also late when it comes to watching anything. So, like when you on Netflix came out, um, about the guy that that kills people, Joe. Oh yeah, um, yeah. I watched that in real time. That's like the last thing I've caught up with. Like everything else, um, I I can't even. What was that? It was on Apple TV, I think, and it was going around. I can't even think of Ted what it was Lasso. Called. Ted Lasso, like I was going to start Ted Lasso, never did. I was going to start Ozark when it was going, never did. Uh, I saw a couple episodes of The Office this week, and I still don't like that. Never <laughs> seen Parks and Rec. Uh, Grey's Anatomy is the only thing. Ironically, and like that doesn't really fit my personality, I don't think. But like for some reason, um, a friend got me hooked on that, and mm-hmm. now I'm, I'm stuck. And I'm waiting for like the new season. That's the only show I'm like fully up to date with. I think there are a couple Netflix things that are one-offs like, uh, what was it? Oh, Squid Game. I'm caught up on that until oh, yeah. season two. So little stuff like that. But man, I- I'm good at watching football and good at watching NBA and good at watching MLB and boxing and fighting and stuff like that. Uh, but need me to watch a-, a TV show. I just can't do it. I mean, sports is the ultimate reality show. So I mean, yes. Like there, it's just not scripted. So it's like the perfect reality show, really, in all honesty, because you don't know what's going to happen. You can't see spoiler alerts unless you recorded the game. And it's just it's 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 an exhilarating experience to watch live TV like that. (laughs) Yeah, I'm with you. Um, Speaking of live TV, the Kansas City Chiefs played on Saturday. It was their second preseason game of the year. They will play again on Thursday night at 7 local time against Green Bay Packers at Arrowhead. Sorry, at GHA Field at Arrowhead Stadium. I'll say that five times fast. The Chiefs won 24-14 after dropping one to the Chicago Bears. Got out to another lead. The first team offense looked great. and We don't have to spend too much time on that. I've got like a five takeaways from snap counts type deal um, that involves game stuff. But man, Mark, the first team defense looked good. Again, I think that 
is kind of ironically more surprising than the offense, but also less to talk about. I think mm-hmm. the story of the early game, Jody Fords and Patrick Mahomes. And like, obviously there was some Justin Watson mixed in. There was some um, Isaiah Pacheco mixed in. Travis Kelsey had some catches, but man, Mahomes looks in midseason form or an MVP form without Tyree kill. The chiefs are still doing the stuff they weren't doing, or I guess we're doing with him. Um, the stuff people said they wouldn't be doing. They are. And Jody Fortson, good for him to be back. Really good feel-good story. And he actually contributed. It's not like he just played a couple snaps and was on the field. He caught two freaking touchdowns. So, like, what were your thoughts from that starting unit? Um, You can start with offense and then also defense as well. Yeah, Fortson obviously stood out with the two touchdowns. That was a baller of him because you feel so good for him because last year that freak injury happened. And he was looking, I mean, he was looking decent in preseason last year too. And so you just hope he can stay healthy for the regular season. Cause I think he can be tied in too. I know Blake bell uh, had the injury. So that kind of led him up to being in that spot to get the tight end too for uh, the preseason week two game. Uh, but I think that that's his to take. Now I know Blake bell will be used in certain packages, maybe the run packages, and stuff like that whenever they don't want Patrick Mahomes doing uh, quarterback sneaks and stuff like that. So there is a spot for Blake Bell, of course, but I think Fortson can be that other tight end, receiving tight end option on the team for sure. And then uh, Patrick Mahomes, man, what can what more can you say about Mahomes, man? He's just looking incredible. He's doing those crazy crossbody throws back to the middle of the field when he's running the opposite direction. The arm angle, one an underrated pass, just because it was a touchdown to Fortson, many people weren't talking about it, but he was about to get sacked on that play, and the arm angle that he had on it was just so strange. Like some, some, I know he works on it all the time with his trainer, so he's he's ready to roll if he needs to to get a weird throw in there uh, for a touchdown, even. Uh, but yeah, it's like he can get these crazy arm angles, and I think it was Colin Coward said, you know you had three evolutions of quarterbacks. You had the Elway Marino evolution. You had the Manning Brady evolution where it was kind of like pre-snap stuff. And now you've got the Patrick Mahomes evolution where he has everything that all those guys had plus arm angle. Nobody talked about arm angle before Patrick Mahomes came along. So I know other quarterbacks have done it. I know uh, your guy Stafford is pretty good at with arm angle stuff. Uh, Russ Wilson's had a few arm angle uh, talks throughout his career, but Mahomes definitely made it popular and, and he's, he's mid season form with the arm angles. Yeah. And not to get too like into the nitty gritty of quarterbacking and biomechanics and stuff like that. But when Aaron Rodgers came along and it was Brett Favre, Brett Favre had the arm strength to where he could get off any throw whenever he wanted because he just threw it so damn hard. Now, did that lead to a lot of interceptions? Yes, because he was a gunslinger. Did it lead to a lot of broken fingers? Yes. Did it lead to a lot of drop passes? Yes. Then Rodgers came along, and the word was never arm angle. It was always platform. That that was the word with him because he could. his feet were so impeccable that he could get around and then set on his platform and get rid of a throw. And he could flick his wrist, and it was all about that. He could make these off-platform throws. He could get on his platform quickly. A little unorthodox, but he always got it done. Now Mahomes, he doesn't get on his platform because he doesn't really have a platform. Like, his footwork has always been a little bit choppy. Um, It was really bad when he came to the league. He got better over time. Still kind of reverts back to that every once in a while. 
but he can get off literally any throw because he can throw, you know, while he's fading away. He can throw it while he's parallel to the ground. He can throw it sidearm. He can throw it underhand. He can do no looks. He can do all that stuff. Like with him, I think the the two top uh, arm angle, him and Stafford, because like Rodgers hit some crazy stuff, but like his is more touch and platform than those mm-hmm. guys. Stafford, he just hit some, he, he had some weird throws. Like there was one yeah. in Detroit where he looked off a linebacker and then literally fired one through like the hole was like the circumference of a football. Like you couldn't make a more perfect throw in the back of the end zone. So he has those. Mahomes is just like, has the success obviously to go with it. He's not losing like Stafford was. Um, He's also a lot younger, a better athlete. So man, it's insane. And again, I didn't want to get too far down that rabbit hole, but first team offense look really good. They did. And Justin Watson, I, you mentioned, you mentioned him briefly. He had that great catch. I thought it was going to be for a touchdown. He got tripped up a little bit, but man, he jumped up again. Like he went from, you know, maybe a special teams guy to maybe wide receiver six to wide receiver three. If you have guys out like Hardman and Juju were out. So he's all of a sudden wide receiver three in the offense. And he looked pretty good in that role. So, I mean, you feel good about that because if somebody does go down, you feel like Watson's a guy that can come in and and at least play reasonably. So that's that's great for the Chiefs that you can have that guy. And you almost think he's doing what Josh you wanted Josh Gordon to do last year, or yeah. you wanted him to do this preseason. But uh, we're not seeing it out of Josh Gordon. We're seeing it out of Justin Watson. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to get back to the wideout spot because that's one of my five like takeaways from the game. Um, what did you think about the defense real quick, the opening defense? I don't think there's a lot to talk about, but like they played well. You're starting to get an idea of who's going to be in, who's not going to be in. Um, Rashad Fenton came back. Like I, I don't think there's a ton there, which is weird because there's so many changes. But first team defense has been really good. They haven't allowed a point yet this preseason. Yeah, Nick Bolton stood out in my mind. Yeah. He made some good plays. Uh, Willie Gay, I I mean, the linebacker crew, I just love what Veach did with it the last couple of years. And then I know Leo Chanel's not uh, a starter, but he can uh, get in there and play when you need him to if somebody needs a breather. And so I really like the linebacking crew. The defensive front looks solid. I know Chris Jones uh, sat out this last game, but it was uh, – I, George got another sack. I mean, you love to see it. And it was against the first team uh, offense. So George got double teamed, got held, and still got the sack on the play on Carson Wentz. So, man, George Karloftis is my guy still. Uh, I'll keep saying it all season long. I'm looking at his – I know we haven't talked about this much on the podcast yet, but, uh, you know, betting is going to be legalized September oh, yeah. 1st in Kansas. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So uh, I was looking at his odds to win rookie defensive player of the year, and it's pretty good odds. So if you want you want to get a Chiefs player for a defensive rookie of the year, yeah, I, I, I'd put some money on Karloff this. Yeah, I, I goofed up again. I keep forgetting injury updates because we're at that point. Like all offseason, you don't really have those. Um, McCole Hardman, Chris Jones back at practice in some capacity Monday. Juju still not back with the knee problem. Um, They also had Derek Gordon in practice. Uh, it was Blake Bell didn't practice. The Chiefs put in a waiver uh, request on Kendall Blanton, who got waived by the Rams. So that makes me think maybe the Blake Bell injury is more serious than people think. Uh, there were a couple more. Carlos Dunlap, Rashad Fenton, I believe, 
Dunlap has an Achilles issue, which not great. I mean, yeah. anytime you have the word Achilles and anything in it, whether it's sore or like you can strain an Achilles, I think like a microscopic tear type thing, or obviously the full tear never good. And I don't know what the correlation is between, Oh, my Achilles hurts and pop. There it goes like with athletes, but it's never good um, regardless of if it turns out to be good or not. So that's the injury update brought to you by me forgetting um, and brought to you by Mark bringing up Chris Jones because he didn't play, um, nor did Dunlap, nor did Hardman, nor did Juju. And half those guys are looking like they're going to be back. This is my bad for not even paying close attention, I guess. Did Danny Shelton get in the game on Saturday? I think he played like a very, very small amount of snaps. Okay. Yeah. I I, and I have I, my little, uh, what's it called? Pulled up the snap, oh, snap count. count. Yeah. Yeah. Sa- Saunders looked really good. I mean, we're yeah, not talking he, about, he's on my list anymore, too. But. Yeah. <laughs> so Danny Shelton played. Let's see here. Are we going to get something? Danny Shelton played seven snaps on defense and then one special team snap. He's just a big man. Like he's, he's going to take dude. up space. <laughs> he's a big ass guy. Like I think I'm a big dude. Like that guy is like two of me, which is insane. <laughs> yeah. I saw him doing some work at practice and it's like, you don't want to get in this guy's way. If he's, he's I, just like hitting the dummies, like they're nothing. Yeah. I very intimidating. And, and like most offensive defensive linemen are, but I wouldn't bleep with <laughs> with Danny Shelton whatsoever. Cause like, he also looks like he could bleep somebody up, you know? And oh yeah. I, I just wouldn't do it. So that's one of my takeaways actually. And we'll, we'll get back to wide receiver after this actually um, defensive tackle four slash five. I, I like, it's possible they keep five. I, I still am not a hundred percent set on that. Um, but Taylor Stallworth played 42 snaps. He's been getting a lot of run. This preseason, mm-hmm. he really stood out in game number one. Not really much in game number two. Um, Colin Saunders, like you said, he played really well. He had 25 snaps in the game. He had a sack. He had a rough in the passer penalty that was kind of a pile of you know what to me. Yeah, I think like the rules, the rule, but like it was a little awkward. I'm um, a little soft, I think. But mm-hmm. Colin Saunders needed that. He needed a statement play. And his athleticism has flashed in the preseason. He's a guy that just hasn't been able to stay healthy, hasn't been able to stay on the field, hasn't been able to get on the field. And he's still not going to like Chris Jones, Derek Nadi, um, Danny Shelton, like those guys, uh, Tershawn Horton, they're going to get on the field and they're going to get snaps. Even if Colin Saunders makes the team, it's not like he's going to go off or anything or suddenly have uh, five, six, seven sacks in a contract year, or really warrant a huge long-term extension, but he is an impressive athlete. He is somewhat of a relative unknown. Like, I know that's weird for a fourth-year player, but he just doesn't have the sample size right now. Um, The odds of him making the team, if you would have asked me a month ago, I'd say, like, close to zero. I was just like, he's done. He's not going to make it. The Chiefs don't care. Then they brought in Danny Shelton before the preseason started. And I was like, yep, now it's really, like, negative. (laughs) Like, there's no way in you-know-where the Colin Saunders is going to make the team now I think there's a shot, and not only because I've expanded my horizons from they could keep four defensive tackles so they could keep five, but also he's played well, so it's kind of between those two um, for a spot. I, I don't see them keeping a billion, but I think Taylor Stallworth helped his case week one. 
Um, Colin Saunders definitely helped his case in week two. Yeah, I think Saunders is one of those guys that, like you said, he's not going to get a ton of playing time, but if somebody gets hurt ahead of him, he's a good guy to have on the roster that can fill in and give you good snaps uh, when other guys ahead of him need a rest. So I would love to see Saunders out there. I know his teammates love him too. Big locker room guy. So uh, yeah, I, I love Saunders. I love what he brings to the reserves or the second team or whatever you want to call it. So I'm hoping the best for him. I hope that he can get some good playing time again Thursday night against the Packers and show out and maybe get another sack. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. And the Chiefs are, are weird. I don't want to say weird. They don't really play their starters in that third game. And last year, I think they played a couple drives offensively because they wanted to uh, develop some synergy with the new offensive line, yada, yada. Bottom line, the Chiefs aren't going to go all out. Like they have those roster cuts from 80 to 50. Three. I don't know why that took me so long to think. Um, Eighty to fifty-three. After that third game, like it's the week after the Tuesday after that game, so the Chiefs are going to have from Thursday, Friday, Saturday, um, Sunday, and then Monday. As I'm looking, I'm delaying because the Chiefs did cut three guys. Um, oh, they waived yeah. Brandon Dandridge, a cornerback, Nasir Greer, just a defensive back. He was a little bit of a hybrid piece and David Steinmetz, who is an offensive lineman. So the Chiefs did cut from 85 to 82. They have a couple more guys they're going to cut. Probably not by the time you hear this podcast, unless you're listening later on Tuesday. They have until 3 p.m. local time to do that. Um, Needless to say, I don't know if Colin Saunders is going to be one of those. I really did think so a while ago, but now I'm kind of leaning that it might be Taylor Stallworth because it seems like Shelton is a near lock, despite him not really playing. Um, and it yeah. seems like Saunders is now kind of neck and neck. Yeah, he's played his way into it for sure. And I think Shelton's one of those guys, they weren't sure if they'd, you know, probably have him. So yeah. they weren't really planning for it when they got him. They're like, okay, this will be a nice little fit where he can come in and just play when you need him to plug, plug and play kind of guy. So, yeah, I think uh, it's going to be between Shelton and no, not Shelton Stallworth. And Saunders. And uh, I think that I do think that Saunders will come out on top, uh, but it'll be close. It'll be close in that Thursday night game. Yeah, I'm with you. And let's jump to the cornerback position because there's a guy that uh, I don't really bring up very much. You you kind of have been on this guy for quite a while, and he really he showed you right on Saturday. He had an interception. Chris Lamont's he is. So, like, let's go through the cornerback room in, in no order, I guess, the top five. Steed McDuffie, Fenton, uh, Williams, Watson. Like that seems to be the top five. Then you have Nazi Johnson. You have DiCaprio Boodle. You used to have Lonnie Johnson. He's not there anymore. Then you have Chris Lamonts, who has the special teams ability and he's played well there. So he already has that Uncle Dave advantage. Um, he also is starting to show something defensively in the preseason. I'm not trying to say that DiCaprio Boodle is definitely out or Nazi Johnson is definitely out. But I think Lamont's is pretty much a lock, especially considering Boodle's gotten torched and Johnson was a late, 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 late draft pick who hasn't really done very much. Um, I know that he has that uh, safety corner versatility. Chris Lamont's is going to make the team. He played 46 defensive snaps or percentage of the defensive snaps and then 40% on special teams. So Chiefs are investing in him and his playing time. 
Um, he's only 26. It's not like he's old, but he's the veteran of the room. He'd be the oldest player <laughs> in that quarterback room, believe it or not, if he makes it. Um, so I'm thinking Chris Lamont wasn't like clamping anyone or anything. It's not like he was Stephon Gilmore, like prime Darrell Revis, but he got a gift for after reception and he was in the right spot. That matters in the preseason. Like obviously the film matters too, but if you have a one by that interception total in two games, that's definitely a plus. Yeah, he had the interception. He led the team in tackles. He had two pass really? defense. Yeah. Huh. So that was uh, that was an impressive game by uh, LeMans. And like you said, it's uh, special teams. It's now he can play at cornerback if there's an injury ahead of him potentially. Obviously, you don't want him starting out there. But if you need him to come in, he can fill somebody's shoes for a few snaps at least. Um, but, yeah, that's I, I think LeMans is a guy that, He's now on the team after the last performance. Yeah, I'm with you. And it's going to be interesting. Like, man, they have a ton of battles. And that was one of my points. I think offensively, we'll we'll switch gears here. Because defensively, we can talk about the linebacker battle. But honestly, I, I just don't know at this point. Like, no one outside of the starters. <laughs> it's, still like, it's not like Darius Harris has jumped out. It's not like Elijah Lee has jumped out. Um, Leo Chanel got some early reps and then was out for like five series in a row and then came back in, which was weird. I was confused about that because he was my guy that I thought would lead the team in tackles. I did too. Yeah. You did that thing before the game on Twitter where you asked six, what was it? Yeah. Six packs. Yeah. Yeah. Six pack. So yeah, he was my guy that I thought would lead the team in tackles, but you know, they were, they were using him differently on that game. So I wasn't sure what was going on, but yeah, I I like uh, Chanel when he's in there. What's up, guys? Thanks again for listening to today's show and taking some time to welcome Roughing the Kicker into your speakers and headphones. We're going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsored programs, and right after that, we'll be right back. Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina, and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music, and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie, and Wrightsville, and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah. No, he's fun. Um, let's talk wideout and wideout six. And we, we kind of chatted about this before the podcast. So of Josh Gordon, Cornell Powell, and Corey Coleman, 27, 26, 25. 
those were the snaps they played. So whether it was, you know, incidental or coincidental or completely on purpose, that is how it averaged out. They all got pretty much the same amount of snaps. Um, Josh Gordon had a catch. Corey Coleman had, he had a sideline catch that I thought he was out, but it still counted. Um, The Chiefs in total, Powell had four catches for 35 yards on five targets. Um, Dries Fountain had one catch for 27 yards on a couple of targets. Corey Coleman, one for 14 on three. Josh Gordon, one for 10 on two. So I didn't learn anything new about Josh Gordon. I think he's gotten the short end of the stick sometimes in terms of opportunity or lack thereof. He hasn't taken advantage of the brief ones he's had. That will get you off the team eventually. He's also old. Corey Coleman, I didn't learn anything about him. He's not going to make the team, I don't think. Cornell Powell, he had a drop preseason week one, but his special teams ability and the game he played against the Commanders, I think, gives him a shot. So if I'm ranking, then Fountain, obviously, he only played, I think, 14 snaps. He's, uh, I don't think that means that he's out of favor with anyone. I think that means he's in favor with people. So if you're ranking that wide out six battle, because we all know Justin Watson's five, he's going to be that yeah. guy. Um, it goes, I think of that group of four Fountain, number one, Powell, number two, and then Gordon Coleman toss up. I guess I'd go Gordon, but like, I don't think he really has a shot at this point. I would go similar. I would say Fountain and I agree with you. I think that he didn't get as many snaps because I think if, if Hardman and Juju were out week one, I don't think that's going to be the case, but if both of them were out, I think that fountain, would get a lot more playing time. So I think that, I think it is going to be fountain six. I think Powell seven, probably, I guess. And then I think it would go Coleman and then Gordon. I think Gordon's last. Okay, man yeah. in. I can see that. Like they're, they're both kind of like F at this point. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's <laughs> like just, they're it's, both cooked. It's just because Gordon played zero special team snaps. They've at yeah. least been trying to get uh, uh, Coleman some special teams reps. Like he had a decent, he finally had a decent return. Mm-hmm. Um, they've been trying to get him some punt return and kick return snaps, but he had one decent return where he got to the edge and cut up the field. So I, that's the only reason I give Coleman the edge over Gordon at this point, but yeah, I think they're both pretty much on similar playing fields, which is low, low down the totem pole at this point. Yeah, I give Gordon, I think I asked Josh Briscoe this question after the game. Um, I give him a 5% chance. Like, I, I just don't think there's always that chance that they want him on the team so bad <laughs> that they cut him in over, you know, three or four other guys. But, like, in terms of playing and impressiveness, it goes Powell. Fountain's been better th- than both of them. Then maybe Coleman because of the special teams. Then Gordon's like either way, whether you go what you think, what they've done on the field, their upside, their age, all that stuff. Gordon kind of comes in last. And I hate saying that because everyone uh, want, likes those cool, heartwarming stories. He got back to the NFL. He had a touchdown catch last year. Like it's mm-hmm. not like he completely rode the bench or was cut and bounced it and out of the practice squad, stuff like that. He was on the team. Um, then come playoff time, he was a healthy scratch. That kind of showed the Chiefs preferred fountain over him back then, I think. Mm-hmm. Brought him back on the reserves futures contract. Um, I don't know if he be- 
becomes a practice squad guy? Like, do you want 31-year-old Josh Gordon on the practice squad for a game day elevation if something happens? Does he want to do that? Does he want to stay in the NFL? Who else would want him? I, I don't know the answer to all that. And I guess I could say a lot of this after he actually got cut, because if he doesn't, it's going to look weird. Um, but it just doesn't look good for him right now. So wideouts, um, I think Fountain still gets it, but I think Powell's making it kind of difficult. Yeah, I think Powell is probably a practice squad guy to start the season, unless there's an injury. Like if for some sure. reason Juju can't make it week one, uh, I think Powell probably be on it. But yeah, Gordon at this point, I don't know who else is going to pick him up. Like I was thinking maybe he could be a guy that has like a good second half. He didn't have a good second half, so that didn't really work out in his <laughs> favor or the Chiefs favor. But maybe like he has a big game against the Packers or something like that has like a touchdown or you know, a big catch down the field. I don't know. And like, maybe the chiefs try to trade him. That was like my thought going to last game. Maybe he could have a good second half and they could trade him, but I don't think that's happening. I don't know who wants Josh Gordon at this point outside of the chiefs. So I, I think that, uh, you know, they did their best with them. Uh, you know, he tried, he had some drops last year, uh, this year, uh, hasn't looked great in preseason. So, you know, maybe he will be a practice squad guy if he accepts that role and could be like a game day elevation. Like you said, maybe he'll learn to play special. Te- I don't know. I thought maybe he'd learn to play special teams during the <laughs> during no. preseason. You can teach he an old dog new tricks, but like not that one. Like, dude, yeah. I don't know. He's not running out there as a gunner or anything like no. that. So, yeah, it's uh, kind of rough for Josh Gordon at this point. Yeah. Speaking of guys that it's rough for, guys that could have a big half and get traded. Um, Ronald Jones had zero carries against the commanders and he had one catch for three yards and some poor pass blocking like the, uh, the D evolution or devolution. If that's a word, whatever I'm going to put this together. Yeah. The devolution <laughs> of he, he signed to the chiefs. It wasn't a strict like vet minimum futures type like like there was something to the deal obviously a lot of it was incentive laden all that stuff whatever um i thought a lot of other people thought this is the best runner on the team yes he has massive problems as a receiver yes he has massive problems as a non-special teamer yes he has massive problems as a pass protector but he is the best pure runner on the team so if the chiefs keep him they go more single back. They go more under center. They go more play action. He could be an option for them. Uh, they could still do the latter and change. They've shown some stuff. Um, I think Nate Tice brought up they were running some Y insert play action and then getting runs off of that um, or getting passes rather off of it. Like they can still change and do cool, like basic. It, it kind of reminds me of when Matt LaFleur came to Green Bay and Rodgers was running like. I don't know what the percentage was, but it felt like 200% shotgun and like hated Mike McCarthy because McCarthy was an idiot. He's bad head coach, yada, yada. Not Andy Reid's obviously not an idiot or a bad head coach, but the chiefs kind of do need to evolve. And Ronald Jones, that situation has devolved. He, I don't think it's going to make the team. I still maintain from what I've heard and from what I think that the Chiefs want to keep four running backs. Like they prefer to have four so they can keep guys healthy. They can keep guys fresh. They don't have to make a practice squad elevation. Um, Derek Gore, though, he, he can be your like 
fourth like running back. Like you can always bring him up if need be. Um, so I don't know if that happens, but like Ronald Jones isn't going to be that guy that I thought he was going to be when the Chiefs signed him. The emergence of Isaiah Pacheco, the re-signing of Jared McKinnon has changed that. Um, I he had zero carries. Like he could have a hundred yards next game. I wouldn't feel much better about his odds of making the Chiefs, but I do think that could prevent um, instead of being the eighty to fifty-three cut guy and going through waivers, a team could say, "Hey, we want him. Let's send a twenty twenty-four conditional seventh-round pick, like a Lonnie Johnson type thing." Um, I think the the order of odds for Ronald Jones go um, number one, he gets traded. Number two, he gets waived. Number three, he makes the team. Like I, I was very confident a month ago, maybe, maybe a little bit more than a month ago, um, that he was going to make it. I gave it like a 75% chance. I think that has gone all the way down to about 10. I, I really don't think he's going to make it. Mark, what do you think? Yeah, after they sign him, I thought it would be CEH, Ronald Jones, and then McKinnon. I thought yeah. those would be the three. I, you know, didn't know much about Pacheco at the time of the draft. So uh, nothing really on him. But yeah, it just seems like the way he's been used in the preseason or not used, I guess you could say, with only one uh, catch with three yards, no carries. That's not a good look. And if we're doing an, if I'm going to do an order like you did, I think I would go probably waived number one traded number two because he'd have to have a really, really good game against the Packers. I feel like to get traded at this point. Uh, so trade number two and then make the team number three. Uh, just cause like you said, I think Gore can be your fourth guy who may, maybe is on the practice squad and then comes up if CH gets hurt or if McKinnon gets hurt or something like that. So, yeah, I think unfortunately for Ronald Jones, it just wasn't his time. And the Chiefs, and I've noticed this kind of across the board in NFL and preseason, they have a lot of teams really haven't been running the ball very much. It's been yeah. a lot of passing. So they haven't really had a chance to show off the running game a ton. And I know for uh, offensive linemen to really get the running game going, they need the reps and the repetition. So, man, I I just don't think it, it's it. It is it for Ronald Jones in Kansas City. I think he's going to be uh, going somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the offensive line, I, I think we'll get out of here on this one. Maybe, maybe not. Um, Darian Kennard and Roderick Johnson. Speaking of devolving, like the hype train just going off the rails, really derailed. It didn't go off the rails. It's gotten derailed in, the, in a bad way. Um, they each played 11 snaps. That's fine. That's 17%. <laughs> but like Roderick Johnson was getting first team snaps in OTAs um, that, I probably shouldn't have said that because media weren't allowed inside during that. And I, uh, they, they don't know who told me that, but he was getting 11% or gosh, he was getting first team reps in OTAs. He's getting first team reps in training camp when Orlando Brown Jr. Wasn't there. People thought he was a near lock to make the team. Now, probably the odd man out with the emergence of Jerron Christian, even though he hasn't really played well in the preseason. Um, Ryder is not looking great in terms of his chances. Um, Roderick Johnson's not looking good. And Kennard, when he got drafted, people were like, oh, he could start week one at right tackle. Like, no big deal. First of all, we don't know if he's a tackle or a guard. 
let, let yeah. alone a starting NFL right tackle. And I might have drank the Kool-Aid at first. Like, I buy the main streak, but, like, he was raw, man. Like, he needs to work on a lot in order to be a starting caliber right tackle. If the Chiefs didn't have Trey Smith and they needed a right guard, I'd feel more confident that he could do that. Um, I feel about 5% confident if the Chiefs trotted him out, meaning Kennard, at right tackle. I, I'd feel 50% confident Lucas Niang. Like, Niang hasn't even been that good anyway. Um, but Johnson, I'm going to lean, doesn't end up making it now, depending on who else they get rid of. Kennard's still going to make it, I think. But, like, they got rid of Cornell Powell last year and brought him back on the practice squad. Like, it's not a guarantee that he's going to make it just because he was a fifth-round pick. Um, those two guys, I bunched them together because they were uh, co-hyped almost at the beginning of the year, beginning of the offseason, rather. That hype's done. They're like third team, like might not even make the team now. So um, thoughts on, I guess, just the end of the offensive line. Yeah, I jumped on the Canard train, and it's because it happens. I, Everybody it's, did. <laughs> it's because I watched the Jeff Schwartz. Uh, what was the series that he did with the offensive lineman? I can uh, never. Big remember. Boys Club. Yeah, the Big Boys Club. Like I watched that, and I got hyped for him because. Also, I think that it's unfair to Canard, but the way that we saw Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith come in and just do so well their rookie years, that that did not help the Chiefs fan base either, thinking, oh, yeah, he can come in and start at right tackle right away. I think that was all part of it too. But, yeah, I watched the Trey Smith Big Boys Club last year right after the Chiefs drafted him. I watched the Canard one right after the Chiefs drafted him, and I, I jumped in. I thought, you know, this guy's could be solid. Um, and he could still be solid. I just don't think he's going to be rookie or solid like Trey Smith anymore. Um, so there's still a chance, you know, he could be a, you know, tackle or guard, depending on what they need. He could be a swing sure. guy maybe. Um, but I think this is also why uh, Patrick Mahomes was giving so much props to uh, uh, Lucas Niang, even though he hasn't played in a long time. I think we've seen like, the backup offensive line position, they struggled a little bit throughout the preseason. So I think uh, some people were a little confused at why Mahomes is shouting out Lucas Niang when he hasn't played. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> and, like, and he hasn't even, like, I have been, I've almost been accused of defending Niang because like, I, I just think the dude's going to get a fair shot. And he's kind of got one, but like, he was a decent run defender. He was almost proficient at run. Or, gosh, not run defending. I don't know what I'm on today. Um, run blocking, yeah, and he he kind of struggled in pass pro. Like he wasn't terrible, but like he wasn't good. So Niang probably average right tackle, maybe like very slightly below, perhaps. But like compared to like you said, when you're trotting Roderick Johnson and uh, kicking Austin Ryder around, I, I guess not Austin Ryder. That'd be Andrew Wiley. Um, wow. Wiley's solid. When you have Kennard out there too, <laughs> then you're like, man, Lucas Niang. He's not that bad. Like I'd kill for Lucas Niang right now, right? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. And like Niang, when he's healthy, like you said, I think it depends on how uh, Wiley's doing. But I think yeah. whenever Niang's healthy, I think, like you said, I think he'll probably get a shot to get in there and play with him. Um, unfortunately, he didn't get the preseason, but you know, at this point, it's just getting in there and getting some reps, and they'll see him in practice, so they'll know how he's doing and if he's up to speed and everything like that. So. I'll trust the coaches on this one, but yeah, I think Niang will get a shot at some point this season. Uh, and you just hope that 
they have the depth, which is why I think Kennard's going to make the team. I yeah. think he'll he can get better as the season goes along, and how uh, he watches everybody, how they're practicing and playing, and everything like that during games. So, uh, definitely think Kennard will make the team. I know Powell didn't make the team last year. That was kind of a disappointment for some of us, but uh, I think for the offensive line depth, I think that that'll be key. Yep. 100% with you, man. Mark, any final thoughts before we get the hell out of here? Man, I guess it'll be fun to see Jordan Love back at Arrowhead, right? Last year. After his mom sat like in the parking lot and watched the game. <laughs> I was just about to say that, man. Hopefully she gets a better seat this year. You know, I, I doubt, I don't even know if she'll come for a preseason game, honestly, but uh, I, I've heard Jordan Love's been better in the preseason. I have not watched mm-hmm. a full Packers game. I've seen some clips on Twitter. So it'll be fun watching him against some of the younger cornerbacks on the Chiefs, see how they do against him. Um, and I like some of those young wide receivers there with the Packers too. It's kind of like the Chiefs and the Packers are kind of similar in that they have some young talent that's unproven with a really good quarterback. So, um, MVS against his old team. I think that he's going to go out there for at least a couple series. And yeah, I think it'll be a fun Thursday night game, even though the starters probably won't be in there for very long, but should be fun. Since since they don't have that fourth preseason game, that's why I think Andy Reid will probably play Mahomes and those guys for at least a series. But yeah, it should be a fun Thursday night game. You heard the man. Follow him on Twitter at Mark the Overseer. I'll be back on Tuesday. With Connor Christofferson. Um, no, I won't. I'll be back on Thursday. Gosh, it's been a rough one, Mark. I need to take a nap or something. Um, I'll be back on Thursday with Connor Christofferson. We'll do probably a mailbag before the final um, preseason game. We might react to the last couple cuts if they're notable. Then I'll be back on Tuesday with Mark. So until then, guys, take care, stay safe. I'll talk to you then. The Roughing the Kicker Chiefs podcast is a Kansas City Chiefs podcast hosted and produced by Jordan Foote in association with ArrowheadReport.com and almost entirely LLC. Subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts or by going to smarturl.it slash show. For more Kansas City Chiefs coverage, go to Sports Illustrated's home for the Kansas City Chiefs, ArrowheadReport.com. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.